My agent called, he said he got some interest in my strip I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me as podcast producer is my husband, Pat Francis. Hello, Pat Francis. Good morning, Pilar Alessandra. Nice to see you. Good to see you, too. Didn't I just see you uh, back at the house? Sort of. I think that was you that I rolled over and said hello to. Yeah, you, I think so. Yeah, I think you showed me your new underwear. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did. You, you weren't did. a fan. I no, I it was wasn't. a different cut. It was a different cut. Boy I didn't shorts. Care for it. Yeah, uh, boy, husbands no. don't like the boy shorts. No. Our daughter, our youngest, liked it though. The, yeah, she did. She was like, "Oh, mom, polka dots." Yeah. Right? She has so. different priorities. Than so now I we've did. really stripped away everything for. Yeah, really. There's people. nothing about screenwriting right now. Just no. a bad mental in- image. So maybe we should get to our guests. Uh, wow, that was quick. Okay, yeah, sure. You know. No, we have two guests, so we should. Underwear, it only. Gets worse. We, so. we can start over if you didn't like that intro. We can start uh, it over. No, I don't. You, as as people know out there, I rarely start over again. Right. If it's we just do it. Yeah, no so, editing. It's start to finish. Exactly. All exactly. Right. Just like our life. Oh my lord! Will you let me introduce oh, our guest? Yes. Go All ahead. right. So we've got Edgar Pablo. Hello, Edgar. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Good. And we have. Edgar Pablos is, well, I was going to say Edgar Pablos is writing partner. That's wrong. Hello. It's just Judith Cummings. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Like, like, like you belong to Edgar <laughs> or something. Right. She does. God, what a sexist <laughs> move on my part. Nice. So, uh, Edgar and Judith are, um, well, they came to me as, as students, right? And also became clients. Yes. And just became also some of my favorite people. You brought in really great writers into the studio after you like we've i've always joked that if i could just have an edgar judith party with with you and all of your friends it would be a really cool party that would be a good party. yeah yeah it is a cool party. so you 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 are talented and you beget ca- talent and i appreciate it um how long have we been working together it's been a, a long time right we actually took that course in 2004 oh. for the first time that was the special year when the six-week course was offered in five weeks because you were going to deliver your child on the sixth oh, week, that's which you right. did, which totally impressed us <laughs> as far as schedule. Like she went. knew exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if, if Pilar writes it down, that's when it happens. It, it's true. It's true. My mom was in that fifth fifth week. Do you guys remember? That's yes. I remember that. Because the doctor had basically said... <clears throat> Okay, any minute now. That's right. So, I do remember. That. <laughs> so I, I was in that, that fifth week, and she was just there, ready to catch. <laughs> she just had this panic look on her face, like, "What the heck am I gonna do?" I was fine. It was That's fun. what we tell people all the time about Pilar. Take that course. Just take it. She's so organized, and when she says toolkit for writing, totally on top of it. And then we tell the story of 
the six-week course in five weeks because <laughs> on the sixth Saturday, the baby would arrive, and it did take the course. <laughs> Thank you. Two weeks, two weeks later, you were probably teaching again. I was. Well, it was. it had to be at a certain That's time right. because, yeah. because I had my, my rewrite class all scheduled for, like, I think it was three weeks later or something like that. I know it makes me sound like a bad mother. Like, the Yahoo mom right now is getting <laughs> no, all no, no, this go crap with, for go with the go same with, Go with wizard. I, Just go with magic, magic you know, wizard. It's I, like, child, this is your window. To me, <laughs> and you know, and it, and it it happened on time without any special oh, magic yes. or, or induction or anything like that. And I, I do believe in a little bit of mind over matter sometimes. Absolutely. You know, and, and I also... I also think sometimes pr- pregnancy or, or having a family actually sort of puts you more on schedule. Like, I have a lot of, of um, new parents or parents-to-be that, that get their screenplay done. That suddenly they make their oh, appointments and they, they meet their <clears throat> deadlines. And it can be re- a real motivator. It's not always a thing that has to sort of get in the way of your life. It can actually sort of make you go like, okay, <laughs> let's do this. Let's do this right now. Yeah. And here's, it, here's it was number two. Orders. So it was old hat. It, it was, was number two. two. <laughs> I was like, I've been here. Yeah, you've been here. Uh, <laughs> no problem. Hand off. But enough about me. Let's talk about you guys. Um, so uh, one of the reasons we thought it might be good to have you guys on the podcast right now is because... Um, um, your first film, Edgar Agua Dulce, yeah, right? Agua Dulce. Um, is is Agua Dulce? Dulce? Agua Dulce. Uh, the dulce. Do, dul- yeah. Say that again. Agua Dulce. Again. Look in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> my husband won't notice. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> this just sounds like you guys are making up words. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Agua Dulce. That's the Italian version. Ah. Agua Dulce. That's yeah, a uh, Spanish version. Very cool. Yeah. What does that mean? What does that word Sweetwater. mean? Sweetwater. Sweetwater, baby. And uh, your first film, and it stars Nestor Carbonell. I should I should add the 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 like real secretive dude from Lost, Richard. The, yeah, Richard. And he's the mayor in The Dark Knight Rises Ooh. and The Dark Knight. Oh my! And gosh. Batman Begins. Oh my gosh! And Peter Jason and Carlos Gomez, and it won the jury prize um, at the. I'm going to say it wrong. Ahik. Ahik, an international film festival in, in Mexico. Jalisco, Mexico. Oh, God, this is getting more and more exciting. Could you imagine if I had to read any of that <laughs> I know, right now? it would just be <laughs> awful. Yeah, even worse than, than <laughs> I would do it. And uh, and right now it is sort of re-screening out here in L.A. as we speak, right? Actually, in El Paso. Oh, in El Paso? In El Paso, oh. Texas. El Paso uh, created this uh, classic film festival. Mm-hmm. It actually beat Turner Classic Movies. Wow. That it has claims to have the world's largest classic film festival and they're bringing al pacino this uh, weekend to uh, just it's to have a, a night of, of pacino wow. nights two weeks in el paso eva marie oh, saint was there last night oh, with north goodness. by northwest how does wow. she look she looks great awesome she looks great very cool so it's become this is the fourth year and it's become a pretty big deal and uh when my short film came out at the time there wasn't a film festival in el paso so i'm very excited to bring this short film to my hometown Awesome and and Judith, you were saying that it, it, by by screening it there, this is really good fortune because perfect, of what you're working perfect, on right now. Perfect timing because we're working on our film that we'll be making, uh, The Legend of the Horse Thief, and we plan to shoot in El Paso later this fall. So when the film festival came up and they were looking for short films that had some connection with El Paso, maybe about or by, and since Edgar was born and raised in El Paso, we passed that test. And the other um, condition was that it could never have been screened in El Paso. It hasn't. It's won awards elsewhere in Texas and in Mexico, but it's never been seen there. 
So it happens that this gives us a perfect opportunity to start making noise about the Legend of the Horse Thief, which we will be filming there later this fall. Now, have you have you uh, been raising money for Legend of the Horse Thief? We have. We we've been very fortunate. Uh, we have uh, raised one hundred fifty thousand dollars so far. Congratulations! We're trying to make this movie under a million dollars in Texas, uh, shooting for twenty two days. Wow! Right, wow. and yeah. I got a, I got the pleasure of reading it a long time ago when it was called. Uh, it was called the Grey Wolf Trail at the time. Uh, you know, what, made, what made you titles? titles? I'm always curious when somebody goes from one thing to another. Well, it was originally called just The Horse Thief. Mm-hmm. And then people thought that, is it a Western? Is uh-huh. it, it, it sounded too much like a Western. And, and, and in a sense, it's a modern-day Western. And we wanted it to really fit that uh, uh, because of the Indian elements, the Native American elements to it. We wanted to include the, the Grey Wolf because it, it does tell the story of the Huichol Indian tribe in Mexico, and they're the wolf people. Mm. And so we wanted to include that. And then we went back to Horse Thief and the legend of the Horse Thief just to make it seem like it's uh, you're telling a narrative, you're telling a story, a, a legend, a myth. And that's why we added that. Now, how, you know, how have you raised your money so far? Private equity. Private equity. No, that sounds nefarious now how how uh how do you get private equity like like yeah i want to get some yeah let's do that give me some of that private yeah give me equity. that private equity. Well, <laughs> well a lot of it uh is uh the latino business leaders in texas yeah. have been very supportive uh-huh. and so you reach out to them i mean you hear the stories of how joel and ethan cohen did blood simple they just reached out to dentists mm. and they raised the money that way they just went to doctors they presented a business plan to them, and they were able to raise the money for Blood Simple. Wow, that's great. We just took that model and said, let's reach out the community that we want to reach. And it was the Latino community. And uh, many of the business leaders there said, yes, we believe in the story. We believe in you. We need more of our stories told by us. And so here you go. I love that it's also, and we believe in you. So as part of Absolutely. your package, was it sort of like, and this is why we have to make this? As well, oh, yes, yeah, exactly. Yes. Did you do it in? Uh, did you do a sort of a PR kit, or did you we did we 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 made videos. We have. Uh, I did a visual treatment, what they call the sizzle reel. The the you know, I've heard it called a ripomatic rip reel. Yeah, yeah. Where I basically take different scenes from different movies and create a trailer to give an idea of the mood, the story, and the look of the film, and that paints a nice picture to people of what we're going to try to make. I, I you know I've got a chance to see one of your ripomatics um last year remember you sent me uh, a copy I, very very nice thank very you. nice of course when it comes to these things what you're doing is you're taking found footage and things like that so these are in-house kind of things these aren't things that go wide correct you cannot because obviously of copyright infringement right and so we put uh you know, we put a notice on that if people that own these movies don't like that we're doing this, we will take them off of our private webpage mm-hmm. that right. is password protected that we only send out to potential investors. Got it. Can you Got give it. me a, an example of, or maybe you don't even want to say, what was what maybe some of the movies you used in your ripping? Oh, out? there were tons of them from it, from the 1972 film The Cowboys mm-hmm. to No Country for Old Men to um, – the Border with Jack Nicholson, mm-hmm. because okay. that was shot in El Paso. Well, the, but, the Cowboys is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, yeah. I love that my movie. favorite John Wayne awesome. movie, too. It is. Yeah, but what's, it. what's so great about the way that he does it is, even though it's different looks and styles, and he, he will take music and sort of 
melds it all together mm-hmm. and also it tells this great beginning middle and end as like an extended trailer almost a short and you just feel like you know the movie and, it's and, a nice trick and how long how long what would the running time of, of one of a ripomatic be and but this one is about four minutes. Okay, great. About it could go minutes. shorter, don't you think? It could, mm-hmm. definitely. <laughs> Listen to me. Yeah. It could go a little shorter, yes. <laughs> I'm thinking. It can always be shorter. <laughs> always can be shorter. Start further. But in. we also did another video where we interview our team, mm-hmm. our production designer, our producers, and us telling the story so that uh, people can put a, a, a face with a name. Oh, very cool. So they also feel like they get to know you guys and know who they're working with. Exactly. That is very cool. Yes. Now, you guys have produced smaller projects together before. Correct. Can, can you talk about some of those? Well, Tribes and Pictures is a production company. I've been, we have been working. We formed that in 2007. We've actually been writing together since 2001 or two, I think. Um, but, yes, we have worked in just about every media but i would say let's see beyond the short film there are the specialty documentaries that we do and this is actually connected to the business of the hispanic community and that voice we've done settlement brochures they're called our mediation docs which are they're basically the 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 time where attorneys use this as a tool to scare the other team from going to court. Yes, you know what? I have uh, somebody in one of my writing groups uh, is a camera director kind of guy on these things. But some really amazing things come out of them. They do. They're, they're compelling stories because it's the only time where a plaintiff can tell their story uninterrupted mm-hmm. before a mediator. And it's and it, you're essentially showing the other team your cards, but they can be very powerful cards. And it, it is effective sometimes where they scare them from going to court. And that's exactly what we did with two of our films Congratulations. Thank you. Now, the downside of that is legally, sometimes these get shut in the vault afterwards. You can't show them to anybody. Well, actually, true? yes. you can. Yes and no. If you have permission, you can show it. Like, you can actually see these on our website, the two of them. But for us, even the bigger ramification is that those same businessmen in Texas who will help us make this film understand what happened with those documentaries that we did and how many people we helped there. I mean, that's like 249 families who benefited from the fact that that documentary was so effective. Correct. So you're saying if somebody gives you money to make your movie, you might actually do good in the world? Is this what I'm hearing? <laughs> yes. That's so actually, confusing, but I, I'll get my head around it. That's, yes. that's very, very cool. And the other things that we've been doing is uh, educational content for the Spanish-speaking community through a company called Saberes Poder. Oh, yeah, yeah, baby. Yeah. What? No, what? What? Sorry. What? Really, every, every time he says these words, I am just confused. Saberes <laughs> Poder uh, translates into knowledge is power. And there it's, you go. It's I know an, what that means. It's an empowerment. <laughs> They call it the uh, Latino Empowerment Network, and they have their uh, network set up in all the Mexican consulates in the U.S., mm. where they turn waiting rooms into educational rooms. Mm. And we uh, I help them produce the content that show is shown on screens in the waiting room. And it's basic information, how to open a checking account, health care, anything that... How to that, get a driver's license, wow. how to buy a car, how to maintain a car. And everything that helps newly arrived immigrants navigate the U.S. water so that they can be more um, participants mm-hmm. in U.S. society. So how does the current movie that you're that you're raising money for and, and, and going to direct, how, how do you feel that is going to 
bring sort of positive attention to the Latino community or help out in some way? Well, the whole premise is it's a little autobiographical that I grew up in El Paso surrounded by Hispanics. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know where I got my chip on my shoulders in junior high from being ashamed of where I come from, the way my parents spoke. I felt like I didn't belong in a place surrounded by people that looked like me. Mm -hmm. And uh, years later, I deduced it was the movies that I was watching that were the films that I loved, the Clint Eastwood movies, the, the John Wayne movies. Uh, not so much John Wayne because he did a really good job about it of portraying Hispanics, but they were never portrayed in a positive light. They were always the bad guys, the sidekicks, ugly, dumb, lazy, and I never saw a Mexican hero who looked like me. And uh, that's exactly why I wanted to tell this story. That it's it, it's an opportunity to tell a story that uh, reinforces, you know, the the beauty of the culture. And and you ask the question: How can anyone be ashamed? of this culture and the protagonist is a 15 year old kid who grew up watching these movies and has a chip on his shoulder i mean his name is carlos chavez but he goes by charlie chavez he will not admit that he is of mexican indian heritage and his grandfather's trying to get him to go to mexico to find out where he's from and the kid won't have anything to do with it and so the grandfather passes away and his dying wish is to be buried in mexico next to his wife and so this 15 year old kid has to take the body of his grandfather back to Mexico during the Day of the Dead and rediscover where he comes from and and really embrace his uh, identity. And it's possible to do that because it's 1986 when this happens. The film is set in 1986. So we posit that in 1986, yes, you could take the body of your dead grandfather across the border. In 1986, you could do a lot of stuff. That's right. You could take a lot of stuff across the border then. That's right. <laughs> so, what, so once you get the, the funds, uh, since you guys have, have you know done independent filmmaking before, what's, what's the first thing that you're going to do? Like, do you, do you get your production team together? Do you get all the permits together? Like, on a practical nuts and bolts level, what's, well, what's the first thing an independent well, filmmaker the, like? You, you need guess? a cast. Okay. You have to get that talent. Mm-hmm. And the way we wrote the script is that um, one of the things that I enjoyed growing up, the TV shows that I watched like Chips or Miami Vice, that you had a Latino lead, mm-hmm. but it wasn't just a, a, a Latino TV show. I mean, Chips, it was about a, a, it was a cop who happened to be Latino. Mm-hmm. You know, you had Edward James Olmos in Miami Vice, and he was the badass, I thought, mm-hmm. of that of that show. I mean, he really was. He's the boss. He was the boss, and he was. I thought he was tougher than Crockett and Tubbs, you know, and so you had that element, but he was part of a team. Well, he never wore pink either, and that really That's right. He never did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He wore a shoe with a lace and a sock. Exactly. <laughs> he did wear the thin tie, though. Well, right. <laughs> Everyone did. Everyone wore the thin tie. Even I wore the thin tie. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, so you, you, uh, we, we wanted to incorporate... Um, a mixed cast mm-hmm. that it's not just going to be a Latino cast for instance uh, when our hero goes into Mexico he's going to run across a horse thief who embodies the American cowboy and um, this imagery of the American cowboy in Mexico you know, goes back to the John mm-hmm. Wayne movies to the yeah. Sam Peckinpah movies and um, that's going to be an iconic uh, actor that we're going to need to cast for that part so right now it's how do you find a recognizable actor and, yeah. And is there a part for Edward James almost in this yeah, movie? Yes, there is. Oh. <laughs> of course. Hey, Eddie. Are you <laughs> exactly. Hey. Very exactly. cool. Yes. A- actually, uh, so you're looking for, do you want to put out what types? 
you want and see if anybody's well if you think about the <laughs> what does an american classic cowboy look like i uh-huh. mean you have uh, ranging from you know the kevin costners to the robert redfords to the sam shepherds yeah. you know you're you, you, um, there's plenty of them yeah, yes. because also it's not it isn't age dependent i mean it could be anywhere in that entire gamut whatever constitutes for this 15 year old kid whatever constitutes the great american cowboy that's what we need gotcha. so so that and 15 no we no need the 15 year old kid and we need and the, the, the horse that he meets okay so it's, suddenly it's, i got confused yeah. sorry I should know this because I read it a <laughs> long, long time ago, clearly. That's right. So we got the kid and then the cowboy. I'm yeah. sorry. She reads um, a lot of scripts. I, uh, I will defend you with I was just gonna say, one yeah. to two scripts a day. <laughs> Did I ever read anything this morning? Maybe. Maybe. Um, so uh, so are you guys going to work with a casting director? Yes. Yeah. Eventually, once we have a certain amount raised, then that's when we'll hire a casting director because they need to know that you have some money in place before they even begin working because they don't want to reach out to agents and you know, because the first thing the agents will ask you do they have the money Got and it. you have to have the money in the bank so that you can say yes we have the money we have this much to pay an actor and then they send the script to the actor excellent nice. excellent what are you most uh, excited about and what are you most worried about as you go into production for this Ooh. Uh, well I'm excited to make the movie to tell the story to really get in there and do my best to to tell the story uh I don't even think about the worry. No, I, I was just going to say, I think I've been too busy to worry. Well, yeah. that's that hadn't occurred to put that on the list. Right. That's great. <laughs> no, you guys, I mean, you, you're writers. I always think of you as writers mm-hmm. over filmmakers, so I work with you on the written part of it. How have you uh, adjusted your writing to meet the demands of an independent m- movie? Do you sort of naturally do that now? Or do you sort of write your, your movie and then go in and then figure out how to make it cheaper? First you write it. Okay. And then when you get close to making it, you're like, you know what? We don't need the lake. The lake doesn't have to be in the background. There's Is no rain really it. necessary in the scene? Does it have to rain? And how many 18-wheelers do we need in that parking lot? You know, the, then you just go through, you put on that other hat, go through the material and say, yeah, no, look. We could just change one word and look what happens. So is, save a is, billion dollars. is that the producer's hat that you Absolutely. put on? Okay. It is. And we have an, another producer on our team who always said, you need to take five pages out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to shoot this in 22 days. Let's start trimming or combining two scenes and just making it work that way. And that's how you, you work backwards, basically. You do. And the thing is that, yes, it's true when you, you start looking for the money, but you do have to have a team in place. You have to have more than the two of you. You have to have someone who's actually made more films than you've made, who's very practical. And as it happens, Javier is uh, also from Texas and um, has made films there, indie films, low budget. And he's a very practical man. <laughs> he's the one that convinced me that we can make this movie under a million dollars in Texas. Yeah. Okay. He's nice. the one that he, – because he's done it. And um, I said, okay, let's go. All right, so – when is shooting scheduled for? October 22nd. Wow, listen to that. Oh, that's our daughter's birthday. That's our oh, daughter's birthday. That's a good day. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> our first daughter, not the one that came in the middle of the... <laughs> right, right, right. While you were teaching. That, that first, first one also came while I was teaching. I well, just say yeah. Everything happened. <laughs> when are you not teaching? I know. <laughs> when I, I don't, I, there was a certain point where, when am I not teaching and when was I not pregnant? But uh, <laughs> the pregnant part True. is over. Um, so October 22nd. And then how much more money do you need to re- raise? Uh, we need $500,000. Okay, more. yeah, no problem. Mm-hmm. No problem. Are you guys going to also do a Kickstarter campaign or anything like that? 
like not, a kind of crowdfunding? Not right now. Okay. We're going to probably do that. Uh, if we fi- need to do that, for we finishing. Do it for finishing funds. Yeah. Oh, okay. So finishing meaning editing and co- colorization. Exactly. And because we, we need to get to a certain number so that we can actually start shooting and, and hire the crew and everything. You know. Got and it. so I'm going to wait for that if we need to uh, towards the end. Now, have you had to make any of your investors producers? I'm just curious. No. No, they haven't asked. No, it's on the contract. They wow. have no say in the creative control of this uh, this film. And nobody's daughter has to be in it. Nothing. Well, <laughs> see, the next thing you do after you get another producer is you get a really good attorney. <laughs> a really good attorney. Good. He's a good friend. Adam Share, very good attorney. Yes. And uh, you put together what the investor has to sign off on. Right. Very cool. Well, you know, um, the next guests that are coming up, Tammy and Joe, uh, have been coming in and doing sort of regular reports on the, their production from from beginning to eventual end um, on their, their independent film, Desperate Acts of Magic. And they've been coming in and giving us stories about what's been going on, what they've, <laughs> what they've done right, what they've cheated on a little bit, you know. What but, they've done illegally. You know, uh, uh, we don't say that. <laughs> you said cheated on I'm a little kidding. bit. But, um, but would you guys mind coming in every couple of months or something and giving some updates? Absolutely. That would be great. That would be great. That would be great. So here we are. We are starting with your, you, you guys are still raising the money. You're about to cast. You have your production date. You're screening. Uh, Agua Dulce. Agua Dulce, yes. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, and hopefully um, everything will go according to plan. And some, somewhere in late October or November or something like that, we'll, we'll get to talk to you again. Absolutely. Maybe. That sounds great. Yeah. I, I can't wait to hear who is, gets cast in this movie. No. Maybe A. Martinez. You know, it's funny that you. I it's used. Funny, a, you I, say you, that. funny you should say that. I love A. Martinez. Yeah, I, I got to. Too. I got to meet him once, and uh, seeing him uh, as uh, Camarón or Cimarron, thats yeah. his name was—in the Cowboys. Right. It was just fantastic. Was he the dude that used to be on that soap opera too? Yes, yes, oh, and yeah. then he was on L.A. Like Law for too. a season. But that's we, not didn't the, we just see him on Longmire? We did see him on Longmire, the new TV show Longmire. But my oh, favorite great. is uh, him in Power Highway. I don't know if you guys remember that movie. I don't remember that one. Fantastic but movie. He's great. I think you should use the On the Page Studio for, for your cowboy casting. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> there you go. Any cowboys out there? <laughs> yeah. And we'll we do need this you. when Pilar's out of town. No. <laughs> what? No, that's, <laughs> that's the point. Guys, thank you for being on. Thank you. As thank we you. were talking about at the, at the meters downstairs, like, <laughs> We've been talking about this for a long time, but this, yeah. this feels like the the stars have lined up. Yes, I think I think that's a really good way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so see you like in November. November sounds good. Yay. Okay, good all right. I'm going to scoot you off the mics because okay. I'm going to put Tammy Kaplan and Joe Gold on the mic. We're not going to pause. We're just going to switch. We're just going to. It's going to be like changing a tire. It will. No problem. Good luck. Yep. No problem. Thank you guys. Thank, Thank you, you very much. <laughs> Do you want to stick around? Yes. Okay. What are they going to say? No. Now. I know. They're going to be like, nah. Nah. We don't want to hear their story. Yeah. <laughs> We've told our story. That's right. We're we need done. More independent filmmakers. Great. Great. Oh my God. <laughs> so, Look at them. They're another. Just in let the you know, talk right in here. That is and right. You talk right into that screen, and you'll be good. Okay. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Hi. So yesterday, was it, or two days ago, I get an email from Tammy saying, here's our trailer. And I took a look at the trailer, and I was like, blimey, it's good. It's very, very good. It looks great. It tells a great story. It's funny. It's cute. How did you guys feel about it? We feel great. I, I mean, we uh, about the movie or about the trailer? Well, everything. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I guess let's start with the trailer first. Yeah. Uh, we, we feel fantastic about the trailer. We actually uh, previewed it about a week ago at the Society of American Magicians' big annual conference. So we actually got to play it in front of a crowd that was, you know, our target audience. Uh, your target audience and is magicians? magicians. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are the people who are most excited about the movie. Now, did any of them... So so they saw the trailer. Yeah. And I looked at the tricks. I was like, ooh, magic. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And But did any of them... Get, get you on the magic or are you worried that they're no, going to get you on no, the magic? No, no. I mean, look, magicians generally know how most tricks work. Mm-hmm. So they just like seeing them performed in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this was a story that was very familiar to them and yet, on the other hand, kind of new and different because it's got this female magician and, you know, I mean, we're pretty sure that there hasn't been a movie in like the last hundred years with the character of a female magician. That's true. You know, and this was a, you know, one who they hadn't seen before and she was doing all kinds of cool stuff. And, you know, so there was a lot of interest like that. And when, you know, when we, well, I don't want to give too much away. But, but <laughs> can, and can I say before, for anyone who hasn't heard Tammy and Joe on your show before, yeah. new, you two are not magicians. I am Joe a magician. Is. Joe we're, is a little bit of a magician. You're a magician now, now or were you a people. magician b- before the movie? Before? No, I, I grew up as a magician. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know that then. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Joe, Joe I'm has sorry. done magic a long David time. Regal, you know David Regal. My cousin, who's mm-hmm. also a TV writer who's been on this, but who is also like... Right. like King magician. Okay, great. And, really, and really David good. Regal is one of our lead magic consultants. Oh, excellent. Oh, wow. I was wondering, Very is nice. he in the movie? He's not in the movie. How did he not talk his way into being in the movie? You know, it's David. <laughs> um, he didn't ask. And it just didn't come up, and uh, he wasn't always available for shoots that we did invite him to, Uh and it just didn't happen. Um, There's, you know, when you see the movie, there's a lot of magician roles, but they're they're little tiny cameos, Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't insult David with that. That's true. (laughs) Well, he is. He, you better be careful because he's such a good magician that he might magically. Insert himself into your film somewhere, right? No, he, or get he, mad and make your movie disappear. <laughs> he helped us so much. Um, we we had many magicians helping us on the movie, um, and he and Tony Clark were were two of the main ones. That each month when we were about to shoot, uh, and we were trying to work out the tricks and how it would work. Tammy and I would put together videos and we would um, send them to David and and my friend Tony and uh, they would say, well, how about this? What about this? You know, because although I have been doing magic since I was 13, I don't know how to do an awful lot of things. And when I wrote the script, I didn't limit myself to magic that I knew how to do. And so... um, and then when we ended up hiring a female magician who didn't know magic, mm. we hired an actress to play her. Now we had a new challenge. I couldn't lean on her to figure out how the magic would work. You know, we had to figure out how all the magic worked ourselves. Uh, so it was either stuff I already knew or stuff that other magicians helped me figure out, especially David and Tony. Plus, the way we were doing the magic, we were really using things that would forward the story yeah. or, or tell something about a character. And so oftentimes, we were doing a magic trick in a very untraditional way or with some type of prop or something that no magician would ever 
use because you just can't do the trick that way. But we needed to use this particular prop, this particular object, because it helps forward the story. Yeah. So we had to find new ways uh, to try to do these tricks, and and David Regal was super helpful with that. Very cool. Yeah. Very you know, cool. like there's a there's a trick. Uh, I think I can mention this. I mean, there's a there's a trick. It's uh, Harry Anderson used to do all the time, which is the needle through arm. Uh huh. Um and. I actually, uh, with some buddies um, back in college, we used to do that trick. Um, <laughs> but, but in that case, it and, was but now, called something else. So we wanted uh, the character of Stacy to do that trick, uh-huh. um, but we wanted it to be sexy. And so she put the needle through her stomach. Uh-huh. And um, so we had to experiment and figure out how to do the needle through arm on a woman's stomach. That's... Gross! And how are the and, and how it are the great. how are the results? It, it looks great. Okay, yeah, excellent. Because yeah. <laughs> normally that's a rabies shot. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but now it's a magic. Trick. We so actually shot that um, in the farmers market, uh, in, you know, by the by the grove, uh-huh. and we had permission to be there. But they, shop, you had permission to shop there, <laughs> or, to, or to get something to eat. But we, no, no, we had, we actually had permission to shoot there. Okay. Um, through a bizarre, bizarre coincidence, the woman who handles shoots for the farmers market, her husband is a magician, uh-huh. oh, and he nice. was actually already in our movie. Oh, that's weird. Wow, we that had no weird. idea of this. It was just a bizarre coincidence. And the farmer's market is one of the few places where you don't have to go through Film LA to get a permit. Why? So that... It's just they handle their shoots they themselves. They just handle oh, their own. So, but she told us, you know, keep it, you know, kid-friendly, nothing risque, okay. you know. So we shot the needle through, our, needle through stomach as early in the morning as possible so that they might not noticed that we were doing that. So the kids, <laughs> kids aren't traumatized. <laughs> right. <laughs> Needle through stomach. I'm running. Boy, if I would have known that, I'd take the kids to the Grove today, honey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have no problem being at the Grove at 8 a.m. Now you guys just finished production, finally. Finally, we're uh, done. That's amazing. Okay, so how many, how many months did that take all together, and how many production days were there really we were actually trying to figure this out we think it's about 21 production days yeah yeah when all is said and done about 21 maybe 22 if you count the running around la shooting inserts and establishing shots that we had to do and and how over the course of how many months well we started in (laughs) july of 2010 and we ended in well, our February last February or March. Yeah, I mean because our April last sort of, of 2012. Of, yeah, because our last official shoot day was uh, early November. No, no well, well, early yeah, November that, of 2011. That was supposed to be right. Our that last was supposed day. to be our last day. But then we we reshot the opening credits mm-hmm. um, in February, and then we were still we would do test screenings and get feedback and a lot of the feedback we're getting is that you don't have any you don't have enough establishing shots things are jumping from one location to the next too quickly need more transitions yeah and you know that's just a it's just a funny thing you know it's just something to learn that you you have to get these establishing shots or transition shots between scenes or things are too jumpy and if it's not on the script Nobody's going to shoot it. Well, you know, here's here's the dilemma, right? Because oftentimes in a spec script, if it's going out wide and it's not for independent financing and all that stuff, I'm 
urging clients to lose their establishing yeah. shots right. yeah. because it's just filler and it also yeah. feels very directorial. Like like here, put an establishing shot here. Right. right. But I think if it's you, if you if you do lose it, you gotta mentally put it back in if you're yeah, actually gonna you make do. it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the shooting script. Yeah. You know, and Tammy and I didn't go to film school, so nobody taught us how to write a shooting script. Mm-hmm. And so we although we did shot lists and things like that we didn't actually write a shooting script, and I think that's that's probably the time that you need to, instead of going from the classroom to the bedroom and saying, oh, you know, it's a messy bedroom, you know, you set the scene of this great bedroom, mm-hmm. but you forgot to put the suburban home exterior because, well, nothing was going on. You know, do you really need the line that says the wind blows in front of a, <laughs> a suburban a home street? You, you know, it's, but, it's but boring. But you make a good point because otherwise, if you go from the classroom to a bedroom, then one could say, "Oh, it's college." Yeah, you know, like oh, now they're in the dorm. And it's confusing. Sort of jumping yeah. out into a new location, we don't know that that. We're, that's not the setting you're going for. Right, right. And in editing, we had to be very careful always to make sure, you know, we didn't want to cut from like, if a scene ended with with Joe's face, we didn't want to cut from Joe to Joe. You know, you, know, you need something to transition in between. That makes sense. Yeah. Otherwise we get like a little Joe it's confusing. overload, right? <laughs> and for, so for over two years, is, is every single day you wake up and go to bed, are you thinking about this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Unfortunately, they're together. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. But they're definitely taking their work home with them. Now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was nonstop. And, you know, we did the location scouting, mm-hmm. the props gathering, the costume gathering, wow. you know, the, the scene, everything. And still doesn't stop because, you know, even though you've made your film, you got to get it out there. That's and right. so it's like, okay, the kids graduated high school, but we still got to get the kid through college. Yeah. Right. What do we do now? Now, what do you do now? What's going on with at this point now that it's all been shot? What's next? Well, the traditional method has usually been, you know, you try to submit to a big film festival. Hopefully you get in and hopefully a distributor will take you and you get your film out in theaters and so forth. But less and there have been fewer and fewer distributors who are willing to put your film into theaters. You know, that was sort of like plan A that had been around for many years. What's becoming more popular is plan B, where you where you self-distribute your movie, take a little more um, assertiveness with your movie, and really try to get it out there yourself. And you did that with your first independent movie. Well, we got, a, we got a distributor. Oh, okay. I mean, we got a straight-to-DVD distributor. Okay. You know, uh, Vanguard. And we could do that with this one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they would put it on DVD or if it would go to VOD or whatever. But Video on demand. Yes. <laughs> That's good for everybody mm-hmm. to know there. It's for everyone but to know that. But he's looking at me like I don't know that. But, but thanks. Thanks, Pat. Did you know that? I did. I, I thought did. you did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we could do that, and you know, I would imagine that we would find somebody who who would do that with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, we don't think that would further our careers very much. Mm-hmm. Five or six years ago, doing some type of self distribution or even a combination of hybrid self distribution, part self distributions, part working with say a service company, that type of thing was sort of looked down upon. Now it's not. Even movies that go to Sundance are saying, you know, we want to take more control of our distribution. Oh, very cool. Yeah. 
So you, you get more of a chance to communicate with your audience, really make a connection with them. And because we have a movie that really does have a, a target audience, magicians, I mean, other people will like this movie as well, but because we have a target audience, we can really sort of go for it and try to get them involved. Maybe it'll go viral in the ma- magician community. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Like all, of, all of your, your trailer and all that stuff. You have to have the know. world premiere at the Magic Castle, right? Oh. Yeah, well, you know, just, just, just last night... Um, uh, Erica Larson uh-huh. and um, Dante Larson, who are two of the uh, the family members who own the Magic Castle, uh-huh. they liked our our page on <gasps> Facebook, and we didn't go to them. That's they great. they found us. So uh, who knows? Who knows? Ooh, could you have it there? That'd um, be so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, Wait, which room could it be in? Because I'm trying it to could think. Be in, it could be in the uh, what? Are they got the up close. Then what's the second tier room? The parlor. There's actually I think there's a room downstairs that might even have a movie screen. Yeah. Oh, so there nice. You go. Let's so who do that. who knows? Who knows? Who knows? We're open to all possibilities. Yeah, we've been reading this book by this guy, uh, John Reese, where Mm -hmm. he talks about how you can uh, self-distribute your movie. And he gives you sort of a a guideline, you know, an outline. And, yeah, it's it's possible. I mean, it's not not the cheapest thing to do where we're learning because you have to, you know, if if a distribution company isn't – uh, selling your movie, you've got to get the publicist on your own. You've got to pay for the ads and newspapers on your own. You've got to pay for the theater on your own. All these, all these different yeah. types of things. It pu- it puts more risk on on you. So now, are you thinking about anything from Kickstarter to to uh, accomplish these goals? Yeah, I mean, of course, and. W- we haven't done the Kickstarter campaign yet, right? Although we've always had donation buttons on our website and the yeah. ability to donate, and that's been an interesting way to go because it has allowed, since we've had taken such a long period of time, and we had a two-year production process, you know, and the production process is the most interesting to people, and so it it brings people in at all periods, you right. know, and a typical Kickstarter campaign is thirty-five days long. Right. This allowed as we met people along the way it allowed people to donate and contribute to the film and, and you still can um, <laughs> oh where can but, you do that uh, desperateactsmagic.com would be the best way okay. to do that Excellent. but you know we made a budget for distribution um, for releasing the film in uh, New York and in LA and then putting out a, a nice DVD with packaging and right. all that and maybe streaming and downloading off, you know, the website or iTunes. Right. And, I mean, the budget is high. It's like, let's just say it's 60K. Okay. And so there are Kickstarter campaigns that come up with 60K. Absolutely. But we only have, uh, probably by now, we have about 700 fans on Facebook. Mm-hmm. If you have 700 fans on Facebook, and I have almost no Twitter followers at mm. Damn Movie, um, <laughs> you know you are probably not going to raise sixty thousand right. dollars. You need a lot more, yeah. you know. And so, well, we could do a Kickstarter campaign and raise five thousand dollars, right. and we might succeed. But we still wouldn't have what we need to distribute the movie in only two cities, right. you know, and would somebody in Ohio want to donate to our cause of distributing the movie in New York and L.A.? When they can't go see it, yeah. You know, I mean, maybe because they get a DVD out of it, so right. maybe, you know, um, but so we're, we're wrestling with these questions. Um, 
right now we're trying to build our fan base mm-hmm. as big as possible. So instead of 700 fans on Facebook, we have 7,000 fans on Facebook, you know, and then we ha- we can go to theaters and say, look, you know, we have 400 fans on Facebook who live in Denver. You know, let us have a Denver screening. Yeah. You know, right now we have like four. <laughs> I don't know that it makes sense to anybody for us to come come to Denver. Maybe some of the listeners of this podcast will now like you on Facebook. Yeah, go yeah. Denver. So go yeah. to Desperate Acts of Magic on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. Um, I've got an idea for raising money for you guys. All right, for more money. What if over credits you shot all these famous magicians and just one trick? Do you know what I mean? Like, basically, you get a magician to donate a certain amount of money to actually showcase their trick over credits at the very, very end. Oh, at the end of the movie? At the very end of the movie. So, like, let's say that, like, you know, your, your credits are going, and then you see David Regal, and he does a close-up magic thing really quick. And then you see another guy, and he does this. And for every single magician that you're showing, they have contributed X number of thousand dollars. Well, what do you think? I think that I think that's a great idea. And if anybody's interested, contact us. <laughs> I'm just saying it's for the magicians. They yep, love you, yep, right? Yep. They want to be part yep, of this yep, now. Yep, yep. They could, they, and, and it's a great ad for them. You yeah. know, there it is. There they are. Absolutely, absolutely. I think for yeah, uh, really quick, but you just say like like yep. the, like the the last part of it, like ooh, disappeared. <laughs> 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 no, it was really there before. I swear, it was just that kind of thing. <laughs> Well, we well we try to figure out you know distribution plans and and raise awareness and stuff. We're trying to do the things that we know that that we can handle. Joe and I can yeah. can handle. So the trailer, uh, you know, we're getting our poster uh, together. That yeah, sort we of found thing. a great company, Dog and Pony Creative. Uh, and they're working on a poster. It's amazing how they put together this poster. It's what amazing. You well, you. You know, we always thought, oh, you do, uh, you figure out the idea, you do a photo shoot. You know, that happens sometimes, especially with bigger budgets. But uh, frequently, even in the studio movies, they can't get the stars together to do a photo shoot. So what they do is you got to take tons and tons of still photos during your production. Tons. And it's so that they can take those still photos and cut them up and put them together like they literally took my head off of a still photo and uh, attached it to somebody else's body you'll never know it you know and like they, they they literally go through your still photos they find the best photos and they make any poster you want wow it's it's incredible and um, I mean, we actually did do a little bit of a photo shoot just because I, we were like, you know, we don't like Joe's expression here. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, that's all we got because mm-hmm. you didn't take enough still photos. So we're like, okay, well, we'll go shoot more of Joe's head and, uh, you know, more of my head. I shouldn't talk about myself in the third person. <laughs> yeah, it is not um, <laughs> But, um, you know, so definitely if you're going to go make a movie, take a lot more still photos than you would ever think you would need. And also, if you have the time, try to make some time just to take your stars, close-ups of your stars, just their heads with a neutral background <laughs> doing all kinds of weird expressions. Because that then they'll 
take that head and they'll put it on somebody else's body. This has to be, you know, a very big poster. And so it has to be very high definition. And that's why a close-up of the head is, is better than a full-body shot, even if the full-body shot is going to be what's on the poster. That is well. But good advice. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Guys, every time you guys are on, you know, I think that there's more and more things that people learn about the production process. I mean, you guys have really gone through it. Um, do you feel like with this movie, as opposed to the one that you did before, like you had a, you had more bases covered, like you knew, you, you felt more confident, and you made less mistakes? Well, we to a certain degree, but every film is, is like a new puzzle mm-hmm. because it's a different script, different challenges. So I guess... You know, yeah. Never Say Macbeth was filmmaking 101. This is just, you know, the next semester, the next <laughs> the next course in it. We're, we're still learning a whole lot of things. Now, after this is all done, uh, the next project, is it going to be yours, Tammy, the one that... that I hope so. Probably she, will be. I hope so. I'd love it to be Eighth Grade Sucks. I'm I really to say that. liked Eighth Grade Sucks. <laughs> I have to say, it's, it's a good independent movie and... You know, I, I'm rooting for it. Well, one of the things that, uh, you know, feedback that, that I was getting after the I entered it in the Nickel Fellowship as a core finalist, and the thing that managers and agents were kind of saying to me, they were like, you want to direct it yourself, but you've never directed. You've never directed. So hopefully, you know, I can sort of squash that question or, or that comment from them and go, wait, I have directed, so you can't say that to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that that is something that I think, writers are always wrestling with if you're if you're getting your spec out wide wide and an agent and manager wants to you know set it up with a studio you cannot well you should not attach yourself as director i mean it's just not it's going to limit it they need to be able to sell it and then put whoever the studio likes on it that makes sense but if you're saying you know your agent or manager wants to get you a pro- producer who does independent movies and just does it on a slightly bigger scale or can bring in talent or whatever it makes sense that you know you're also attached as the director that's not going to be a huge deal but it is something that I, I find my clients weighing a lot like sometimes they, they have to go okay I'll direct the next one darn it but maybe not for this one yeah I think I think if it wasn't such a personal story i think i i would be like yeah go ahead you know direct it do whatever you want rewrite the whole thing you know but mm-hmm. you know if i let somebody else rewrite it they're going to make the main character be like this gorgeous beautiful girl she eighth grade won't suck for her you know it is a very specific movie maybe I think tina fey like could so direct much. it tina fey she would know what to do with this she would know what she to do would. with it. that's true okay so either tammy kaplan or tina, tina, or tina fey. fey all right you'd right. be okay if we if we can get you tina fey you're okay to hand it over to if you. you can get me tina fey we go we got <laughs> okay tina are you listening <laughs> so I, I just i'm just gonna shout out to random faith people like they are actually are Why not? listening like what if a like I do it with, with like a thousand famous people and then one famous person actually is listening. Who knows? Pam Greer follows me on Twitter. Does she nice. really? Yes. So I, who knows? My gosh. Jackie Fo- Brown, right? Mm, yeah, Jackie Brown. Yeah. But and who, who was she when she was the Foxy? Foxy, Foxy Brown? She Foxy Brown? She's yeah. always she's always a brown. Yeah. Edgar's in the background. Yes, Foxy Brown. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, was, was I, she Charlie Brown? The voice of Charlie, Charlie Brown? Brown? She wasn't. Okay. No, I, <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> um, I want to make sure that we get everybody's uh, plugs and promos out. And one thing, uh, uh, Edgar and Judith 
I forgot to ask if there was a URL that people should go to. Why doesn't one of you come up here and grab my mic for a second for your project? Edgar was right out of his seat right, to promote. For, I love it. As far as like uh, you know, still fundraising things like that, or finding out information about your project, the Legend of the Horse Thief, Edgar Pablos and Judith Cummings. What should people go to? www.tribesmanpictures.com. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. And now for uh, Joe Gold and Tammy Kaplan. We've said it before. Let's well, say it. Oh, wait, wait. Edgar's one more. back. Edgar's no, back. I can't get rid of this <laughs> right. guy. Oh, my yes. God. We're also on Facebook. Oh. Tribes and Pictures. Like Please like us on Facebook. Okay, great. Okay. I like you anyway. Yeah. Okay, Tribes Yeah, but that doesn't matter. We want to like on Facebook. I know. Got to get that check mark. You're right. Check. Um, and for you guys, like like you guys, the Desperate Acts of Magic on Facebook, and go to DesperateActsOfMagic.com. You got it. And Both places, places, you can see the trailer. Yeah. Now, as for the trailer, you want people to like this trailer, right? So that you can generate some interest in it as yeah, well? Yeah, spread absolutely. the trailer around. Absolutely. On YouTube? Mm-hmm. Okay, terrific. Yep. Yeah. Good job. All right. Now, also, I want to remind people out there, please like me too. Please, please like us. Um, go to On The Page uh, on Facebook and do press like because we're I'm sending a lot of updates about what's going on here at the studio. We've been doing camp on the page. Um, we still have, I think, about three more classes for camp on the page, including, let's see when this goes out. Um, I think the business class will be up, I think. If not, um, yeah, it will be. You'll be you'll be ready for the business class. Take that. It's about the business of TV and movie, and it's going to answer all of your how do I get an agent questions. So take that class. Go to onthepage.tv and sign up. The very last week will be comedy with Steve Kaplan. That is normally a pretty expensive class, i got to say, but here at On the Page, it is only $65. And also get ready for the six-week first draft class. You heard Judith Cummings saying how great it is. Edgar's taking it, too. Joe and Tammy, you've both taken it. Definitely. Yep. Okay, so, um, <laughs> so take six steps to a screenplay, the first draft class, and you, too, can be pimping your independent movie and trying to get money for it in a couple years. How about that? No, that doesn't sound like a good... I don't know. Um, But definitely, go to page.tv and see what's going on. For Pat... Oh, you can uh, listen to my podcast called Rock Solid. You can find that through Libsyn or through iTunes, and you can follow me on Twitter at at Pat underscore Francis. And I can't stress enough how fun Rock Solid is. It's really fun. Um, I mean, you guys, you explore all these different topics. Uh, what what topic did you just do? The story songs one. We did story songs. It's a it's a comedy music podcast. It's a it's a two, hosted by two comedians that like different types of music. And it was great too. I mean, like some of the story songs. I'm like, yeah, I remember that one, <laughs> Angie Baby. Yes, <laughs> woohoo! Um, so. So check it out. Yeah, so and check also, it out. Um, in September, you're going to be at the UCB, and people should know about oh, that. Oh, yeah, September 7th, uh, Friday, uh, doing a show called Bluff You. It's a show that we've been, it's a comedy, uh, improv comedy game show that we've been workshopping, trying to sell it. So come out and put your butts in the seats, and, and you'll enjoy it. And that's uh, at 7 p.m., right? 7 p.m., UCB Theater, if you live in the Los Angeles area. Great. Okay, everybody, I think you've got all the plugs, and write them down. Come show up. Press buttons. Donate money, and above all, have a good writing week. 